Hey there, all you ghouls and goblins. Radio 85.9 proudly presents Horror Zoid with your hosts, Stevie Scares and Natalie Nightmare, talking all things horror from the 80s, 90s, and today. Today's episode is brought to you by Eldritch Antiques. Don't touch anything. No, seriously, please, please, please don't touch anything. Eldritch Antiques. Welcome back to another episode of Horror Zoid, everybody. I'm Stevie Scares. And I'm Natalie Nightmare. And today, it's all about cosmic horror. We have picked three fucked up, bizarre, out there, wild, insane fucking cosmic horror movies that we have decided to talk about and share with you today. You needed more adjectives there. I like adjectives. <laughs> if you guys haven't figured it out, I really like adjectives. And we do have a big announcement. Uh, this is going to be our season finale for Woo-hoo! season one. Uh, we will be taking a little bit of a break uh, for about a month, and we will be back. Our return date, April 1st. Mark your fucking calendars. It's this is- not an April Fool's joke. We will be back April 1st. Uh, we will be back. There could be jokes. Maybe that'll be part of the theme. We don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But we, uh, as we've talked about, we've got a lot of good things in the work. We're looking to start a Patreon here soon. So even though we won't be doing any episodes, no new episodes for about a month, we're going to be behind the scenes, working our asses off, trying to get everything ready for you guys. And when we return... On April 1st, we will be coming back for our season premiere (laughs) with our part three of our decade of horror as we look into the 90s. I'm super stoked for this. Oh, yeah. This has been one we've been looking forward to for a while. Obviously, we're going to talk all about Scream. We're going to talk about all of the fucking shitty sequels that carried over from the 80s. We're going to talk about all the remakes that carried over into the 2000s. The 90s (laughs) was a great point. Like We're excited to talk about this. So when we come back in April... You guys better be fucking ready because it's going to be it's we're, we're fucking off to the races. Yes. And we will have a lot more info for you along the way. Stick with us on social media, Instagram, TikTok. Yeah. All that good stuff. Absolutely. We'll, we'll still be posted. posting there and uh, just being our weird, creepy little selves. So. Absolutely. Absolutely, guys. And of course, that leads into our housekeeping notes as mm-hmm. usual. So normal shit always applies. Leave us a review. Five stars. None of that one, two, three, or four star bullshit. We want no. five star reviews. Five stars. If you only. can't give us a five star review, fuck out of here. <laughs> no, we're kidding. Leave us an honest review. If you think we're at like two and a half, you're like, could be better. You yeah. know, we'll, we're open to the criticism. Exactly. Yeah. Come on. Send it our way. Also, email us, horrorzoidpod at gmail.com. Scary stories. We're always looking for scary stories. Mm -hmm. Come Mm -hmm. October, we'd love to read some spooky stories for Halloween. Summer camp stories around the campfire. We'd love to read some of those. Again, ghosts don't fucking hibernate. They don't take a break. So whatever (laughs) you got, whenever your scary shit takes place, send us all your spooky shit. If you encountered a cryptid, fuck, dude. I, I would know. I would love to do an episode on cryptids. Oh my god. So yeah. if you have a fucking creepy cryptid story, mm-hmm. like you met Bigfoot somewhere, tell me. I'm all about Bigfoot. I love Sasquatch fucking shows. And did he give you a meat stick? Did he get yes. Did he <laughs> does he really like Slim Jims? Or right. is he like that's just propaganda bullshit? He's just like they used my image. Right. I can't believe I that my lawyer let that happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, guys, you can always financially contribute to the podcast. When we come back, we hope to have more information on our Patreon launch for you. But until then, you can always go to the link that is in the description of this episode and you can contribute financially, whether you want to give a penny, a dollar, 10 bucks. Uh, You know, if you're going to give it to, you know, somebody, you know, 
you might as well give it to us. Right. <laughs> yeah. No more coffee and avocado toast. Give your money to us. Right. You know we're all going broke because we're buying fucking coffee. Right. So instead yeah. of buying coffee, don't, you know, do what these investment guys are telling you. Stop buying the coffee and give your money to something useful like a horror right. podcast that, exactly. you know, is... 30 episodes in. (laughs) (laughs) And for everything else, go to Horrorzoid.com. We've got all of our links up there. Again, if you have a friend who wants to listen to the show and you're like, they're like, well, where can I listen to it? Tell them Horrorzoid.com. All the links are up there. All of our social media and shit, it's all there. You can't miss us. Yes, absolutely. And we want to give some shout outs. We posted our video on TikTok on Monday. This one was a little out there. It was like a Pink Floyd fucking laser show. But we asked everybody, you know, what's your favorite cosmic horror movie? And we got a few good responses here. Uh, First one is one I fucking love. Uh, Andrew Draper 1 says Event Horizon. Fuck yeah, that movie's traumatizing. Yes, Event Horizon. We won't be talking about Event Horizon today. That's going to be for another episode because that could be fucking anything. Cosmic horror, space horror, sci-fi horror. It was directed by Paul Worthless Shit Anderson. Yeah, somehow he did that fucking masterpiece. Well, he did this masterpiece and he's like, that's it. I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. I fucking love Event Horizon, but yeah, the fact that it came from Paul W.S. Anderson still amazes me. Same. It's fucking bonkers to me. Uh, Megan... One of our friends we followed for a while, and she has followed us. Her screen name, never, ever, ever more. Go follow her if you haven't already. She said, you should check out Coherence. And I'll be honest, Megan, we haven't seen that. Nope, we haven't. It'll go on our to-be-watched list. It is going on the to-be-watched list. It it sounds great. Like, like Megan is, is a horror aficionado mm-hmm. to the finest degree. So if she says we should check it out, I'm fucking taking her I'm word there. for it. And I will definitely be, we're going to be watching that. Maybe we can watch that. On our uh, our little break before we return yeah. for our new season. Yeah, so go watch that and then go follow her and tell her that you also watched absolutely. it. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Leah, screen name, Knight underscore and Gale. One of my favorite creators on TikTok. Does a lot of cosplay. Really good Stranger Things cosplay. Mm-hmm. So if you're into cosplay and you're looking for somebody good to follow on TikTok, go follow Leah. Again, screen name, Knight underscore and Gale. Fucking phenomenal. Uh uh, Leah suggested a movie we haven't seen as well called Alien Abduction, and her the, the recommendation is fucking terrific. It says, the tunnel scene got me, and then she put the screaming emoji <laughs> where it goes like blue to yes. yellow. Uh, it's hard to describe emojis in words, I guess. But uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, very high fucking recommendation for this. Even gives us a scene to fucking pay attention to. Right. I love that. If you can recommend not just a movie to me, but if you can tell me, the fucking scene that got you. Exactly. I know I'm going to be on the edge of my seat waiting for a fucking tunnel now when I watch this movie. See, funny, whenever I read this comment earlier, it made me think uh, it's not quite a tunnel scene, but in uh, Nope, there's that scene where they're like pulled up into Jean Jacket. Yes. Oh, I love the um, Jean Jacket. The interior of, yes. of their whatever makes it up. Yeah. Yes. And seeing the way, like, there's been the behind the scenes that have yeah. released, like, it just looks like a big long room with weird fucking latex. It looks latex like a fucking and... Double Dare course, is what it looks like. It, it looks like Jordan Peele <laughs> watched fucking Double Dare and was like, no, I could make that a horror movie. Right. Because yeah. there was always that weird shit of like, you're going to crawl through here and then you're going to go through the guts. Except yeah. it would be like... You're going to go through the nose and you got to pull out a booger. Right. Ugh. Because that's how it was and it would be like the Nick slime. Booger humor was like peak Nickelodeon 90s humor. Yes, if absolutely. nobody was telling a booger joke, you weren't watching Nickelodeon. <laughs> exactly. 
That's it for our shout-outs. We're going to get into cosmic horror. We picked three great movies to share with you guys today. Before we tell you what those three movies are, we should probably explain for some of those who may not be initiated what cosmic horror is exactly. Because it's a really fucking, it's hard to explain. And the guy who is the first name in cosmic horror made his living off the fact that it's hard to explain. Because he never explained shit. (laughs) Uh, But cosmic horror literally is anything that cannot be explained. It is the inexplicable. We don't know its origins. We don't know its purpose. Those things kind of become clear throughout the story. But honestly, there's a lot of ambiguity as to why it's here, where it comes from, and what the fucking purpose is other than the fact that it's just bananas bullshit going on 24-7 with these fucking entities. Yeah. Um, The foremost name in cosmic horror, as I mentioned, is H.P. Lovecraft. Mm -hmm. If you think of anything that you've read by Lovecraft or you've seen inspired by H.P. Lovecraft... Lovecraft is the the godfather of cosmic horror. Right. And I honestly, I've always said cosmic horror. I literally didn't know until today that most people call it Lovecraftian horror. I, Just, I've heard Lovecraftian yeah. before, for right. sure. But yeah, I've always referred to it as cosmic horror. Yeah, I feel like Lovecraftian horror, I'm going to think of like literal, actual Lovecraft horror. I don't know why my brain does that, but it does. But like cosmic- because our brains are broken, we have to <laughs> yeah. interpret things literally, or things just, or we, or exactly. it's like holding like, a sneeze. I'm like, this one's not from Lovecraft. Right. Why is it in this? Why, but, why call it Lovecraft? It's yeah, not Lovecraft. Cosmic horror is gonna have that more broad kind of blanket, right. I guess, to me. Obviously, cosmic being space, but I think you know some people would probably still separate this in the mass of subgenres and micro genres that you get that it is a little bit different than just your typical space horror movies. Right. And, and Lovecraft, but, but Lovecraft did everything. He did space. And like I said, the origins of a lot of these creatures are fucking unknown. Like, like Dagon came from the sea. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cthulhu is often interpreted as something coming from the water and the Mm -hmm. sea and the ocean. But some of these things, like as we'll see with one of the movies we're going to talk about today, some of it comes from out of our world. Right. So, I mean, like, like it literally is, like like I said, it translates to just inexplicable fucking cosmic entities. We don't know where they... It's it's Cotton Eye Joe. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? We don't fucking know. Cotton Eye Joe <laughs> is a fucking eldritch horror. I'll which take, we'll get to eldritch here I in a second. did not think that that's what I was going to hear Oh in yeah, this episode, I can tie but... anything to Cotton Eye Joe. Cotton Eye Joe is my six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Mark oh, my words. All right. I'll fucking yeah. do it. <laughs> uh, Lovecraft. I, I just want to talk a little bit about Lovecraft here for a of second. Course. He's he's not my he's not my favorite fucking person to talk about because he is he does have a history of uh, uh, he was a known racist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he pray, he uh, believed in eugenics, which is the belief that you could filter out bloodlines to be pure and eliminate right. other races to become. Pure white it always people. boggles my mind yeah. that people like this are like, I'm gonna come up with a tentacle faced man that comes out of the ocean. Fucking I for just, real. I can't like between between Lovecraft and J.K. Rowling, like, like why the fuck are like are these 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 people who can write fantasy and come up with these creative fucking characters can't wrap their heads around fucking basic everyday shit. Like human rights. Like human rights. They're like, they literally fucking... want like a, a little boy wizard to be treated right. And they're like, nah. No, fucking. <laughs> but, but no, you want equal rights? No, fucking get out of here. No, yeah, they, so, they would definitely be besties if Lovecraft was would. alive. They probably would. Yeah. Like Lovecraft, um, this is probably getting a little too deep here, but fuck it. You know, we're no, in that's it. it's our season finale. Yeah. Lovecraft is, he has a great, he's a fascinating story. And he honestly, he's the person I never want to end up like. And, and what I mean by that is Lovecraft died penniless. 
Nobody knew who the fuck H.P. Lovecraft was mm -hmm. throughout his life. He was poor. He was destitute. He was actually a, kind of a fucking leech. Like, he married uh, one of his wives because of her money. And, like, but he, he, he died with nothing to his name. Nobody knew who the fuck he was. But uh, people in the, the circles that he ran with, with those New England authors, uh, helped circulate his writing. And he became much more famous and infamous and well-loved as an author and respected after he died. Right. But to me, like, that just, that would piss me off so fucking well, much. I never want to be one of those people where it's like people discover something great I did. Right. Like, fucking, like, after I'm dead. 200 years after you're Fuck dead. That. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds fucking awful. So I would not want that. I love that you say this because you being a writer, like, obviously you relate to that really well. Yeah. And I remember as a young girl, you know, the art museum was one of my favorite places. I loved art. I loved seeing how many, you know, different styles and things that were created over, you know, fucking centuries and i always remember like i'd learn about some of these artists and you know they were like they society shit on them and they were nothing right but then now it's like you know you have some of these paintings and museums that are protected by better security yeah. than any fucking building just because it was painted by this guy a couple hundred years ago yep. and someone was like oh i really like that piece well it's like i'm not a doctor who fan but i've i've even seen it and you've shown me it and other people oh. have shown me it the the van gogh yeah like, or van gogh whatever however you want to pronounce it but yeah the the scene where bill nighy's character is showing him a museum devoted to all of his fucking work this whole right. gallery devoted to van gogh's work because van gogh was that quintessential he's like the i think he's the first name that people think of of an yeah. artist who wasn't respected in their time. Right. But it's so funny to me to watch that scene because, like, I imagine, like, fuck Lovecraft because he was a piece of shit racist. But I imagine if he were a better person, he'd probably come back and be, you know, so happy to see, like, his work respected in such a way. Yeah. And who knows? Course. Maybe he wouldn't be such a fucking awful piece of shit racist. Who knows? Maybe yeah. if the world was kind to him or he saw how kind the world can be. That's the optimist in me, hoping that H.P. Lovecraft, if he was alive today, wouldn't be a giant piece of shit. See, and you keep saying, you know, if he was alive, and I saw probably the best way to explain him, uh, someone compared to uh, J.K. Rowling. As yeah. She's still alive and she's still profiting off of all of these right. things. I really don't know where money goes whenever I buy like the like bargain book at you know Barnes and Noble and it's mm -hmm. a Lovecraft story. But he's fucking long gone. And the right. guy was like, I can support it knowing that I'm not giving power to an individual with these ideals because buying his book isn't going to make more people racist. But supporting JK Rowling while she's still where she is. Mm -hmm in a position that she is or could become yeah. is dangerous. Yeah. It's funny. It's like, I didn't intend for this to be a topical episode, but I think there are so many parallels between HP Lovecraft and JK Rowling that it's hard not to get into that. But well, yeah, it's, it's something that's, feel, that's very prevalent in the news right now. I also just feel, you know, anytime I, we see anything for Lovecraft, I'm always like, man, fuck him. Cthulhu's cool though. Right. And it's like, you know, even though one of the movies that we're going to be talking about is an adaptation of Lovecraft, and I know a lot of people probably really fucking love this movie, 
I just want people to know that I can appreciate it, but we're also not shit people. Like, I think yeah. these discussions need to be had when you're consuming media. It, it, midi- because me- I'm media not literacy. even kidding. I've yes. literally unfollowed people because they're playing Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah. I'm not fucking around. Yeah. We're not friends anymore. <laughs> uh, media, media literacy is something that I think we do need to talk about. And we as a podcast, I mean, it's it's part of our responsibility to encourage media literacy. So, you know, not to take our shit too seriously here. I know we're just a little horror podcast and we talk about movies and shit. But, right. you know, it's like whatever audience we have, I will encourage everyone to be, you know, very literate about the media that they're consuming, mm-hmm. knowing where it comes from from knowing who's producing it and how you can be an ethical consumer under capitalism, even though I don't really think that's probably a, a it's thing. Pretty, it's just one of those things I mean, we have to come to terms with. We're all kind of giving money to like five companies at this point. Right. You know, Coke and Pepsi own fucking everything in America. But like, I Amazon. still, you know, I'm not going to go to Chick-fil-A. Right, right, exactly. It's right. like we still, we, we all draw our lines somewhere. So yeah. yeah, if that's that's your PSA for the day is that, yeah, yeah media literacy is very important and you should always know what you're consuming, where it's coming from. And, and, and we, we, we are very big believers in that. And one last thing on that too is, you know, obviously, you know, we talk about tons and movie, tons and tons of movies. And I'm sure that there's probably stuff that we have that's problematic with problematic people and we mm-hmm. just don't know. And, right. you know, if there's any time that we're talking about something and you're just like, mm, do you know this? Like, yeah, fucking tell us. Like, oh yeah. Please share that with us. Yeah. I Email us, know. share it on social. Yeah. Definitely send that to us. We, we, we want to be educated, please. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's uh, get into this shit. Well, now. just one last thing. We I mentioned the word eldritch in the, uh, yes, and yes. I just want to just want to define that too. So eldritch essentially means the same thing as cosmic horror. El, you'll you'll but you'll hear that t- term get thrown around. We'll use it in this episode. And I just want to mm-hmm. make sure everybody's up to speed. So eldritch horror basically it's a Scottish word that means uncanny, other word, wor- other worldly. Fuck, that's a hard world <laughs> word to say. Even now I can't even fucking say it. And supernaturally weird. Um, those are all really fucking hard words, and I don't know why I'm I just going like to say uncanny, old, and not of this world without as much tongue twisters as you yeah, had. Yeah, fucking A. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like stories about witches are considered to be eldritch because of the supernatural elements and things mm-hmm. like that. So give you to give you an idea, eldritch isn't just cosmic. Eldritch right. basically means old and fucking weird. Yeah, I feel um, like any like yeah. you know tabletop game like D&D and mm-hmm. shit like that there's probably just right. absolutely packed full of what they would just call eldritch terrors. Right, and that's part of the reason we were talking about Lovecraft too. Like people mm-hmm. ask, you know, is he cosmic or is he eldritch? And Natalie brought up a good point. A lot of people consider him to be both. Right. Because uh cosmic his his creatures and his entities came from out of this world, but at the same time their origins were always steeped in this rich history that he was able to create. I don't necessarily think he was a good storyteller, but mm-hmm. I think he was great at de- developing creatures. I think he was terrific at, at, at creating these entities that have no origin and no known purpose. They are just, they exist. Right. Um, which is, again, just a He's weird... also good at giving you a lot to make you fill in the blanks. Yes. Like... It's, it's, he's one of those authors where you as a reader are going to come to a lot of your own conclusions. Mm-hmm. He's not going to tell you or spoon feed you. Nope. And I I think that might be part of the appeal to his writing. Uh, Like I said, I never found him to be a good storyteller because literally every fucking story starts off. It's like, they're going to think I'm mad for this, but I promise it's the truth. Right. It's the same (laughs) fucking narrative every fucking time. It's like, God, he's like, he's he's not, he's not great, but whatever, you know, we'll move on. The three movies we're going to talk about today. (laughs) First movie is Psycho Gorman near and dear to my heart it's such a good fucking movie 
This is one. So all three, just to clue you in, are all three movies we're going to talk about today are Shutter originals. So more, yeah. all the more reason to go fucking get Shutter right now. We are not paid. We are not sponsored. We not could yet. be. Hey though. Shutter, how are you doing? We could honey? be. But go get Shutter right now so you can watch all three of the movies we're going to talk about. And I'll give mm-hmm. you a rundown just so you know. Here we're twenty minutes into the episode. If you don't want to listen to any of these, go ahead. You feel free to tune out. Yeah. But we're going to be talking about Psycho Gorman. That's the first movie up on our list. Color Out of Space is that Lovecraft adaptation we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, today we're going to be talking about Fried, Fried Berry. Berry. What the fuck is that movie? Most what the fuck. Most what the fuck movie. That's why we're going to end on it today. But Psycho Gorman is, again, it's a Shutter original. It's directed by a guy named Stephen Kostansky, who's got a long list of movies. I don't have most of them in my notes, but uh, he does have a great track record, um, in, especially in horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's done a lot of character work, a lot of creature design, things like that, which is why this movie is so fucking unbelievable. This movie checks all of my boxes. It, it really does. Uh, basically, Psycho Gorman, in a nutshell, is... Uh, Two little kids are playing in their backyard. They stumble upon uh, a fucking uh, uh, fucking cosmic entity that just (laughs) landed in their backyard. Uh, We find out that this cosmic entity is this uh, warrior from another planet. They dig it up. There's a hole in the backyard. There's a hole in the backyard. I was like, wait, how did it crashes in the backyard? (laughs) So there's a there's a giant hole in their backyard. But we find out that yeah, he's this uh, he's this cosmic fucking warrior. He was a, a prisoner. On this planet, and they said if he ever got out, he would it would be fucking hell to pay. Like he's yeah. just something. He was this big bad motherfucker that this other planet, this other solar system, was trying to keep under wraps. And yet he's loose, and he comes to fucking Earth, and now he's our problem. All I can Mainly, think of is ah, it's time to conquer Earth. Oh, it's so fucking Power Rangers. It is. This feels like somebody watched an episode of Power Rangers. Did DMT? <laughs> And this is what they fucking came up with. Well, the funny thing is, as you're like, you're talking about, you know, Psycho Gorman, like how he is. All I could think of is like, he's everything Zed kind of wanted to be, but never was. Because like, he's, yeah. he's like destroyer of worlds. He is. Like, he's, he's an eater of worlds. He's a he's, destroyer of worlds. He's yes. what all the Power Ranger baddies want to be. Agreed. Yes. And and the other aliens that we see in this movie, the other creature designs are very, Ugh. they look like fucking Power Ranger yeah. villains. Well, they're all these these practical, amazing mm-hmm. outfits. We'll, we'll get to it more more later. We will, there, we but, will. No, yeah. but the creature design, it's, it, it's worth saying up front yeah. that the fucking creature design in this movie is next level. It is one of the highlights of the fucking movie. Yes. But yeah, Stephen Kostansky directs this. It's a great cast. But the, the, the story centers around these two kids who discover... Psycho Gorman. They 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 discover this alien, and he has a fucking he has a fucking name on his home planet. But they dub him the, the main character Mimi, this little girl, fucking precocious as could be, names him PG Psycho Gorman. Yes, it's the coolest fucking name. It the really way they is. come up with, it. and she's like, yeah, I gotta call you PG for short. Yeah, and you're just like, she literally because I can't remember the stipulations. It's like the first the the person that unlocks or opens the thing that he's in has power over well, him. Well, she has the gem. Yeah, like she, she has, has the jewel gem. or this yes. gem that fucking holds power over him, and whoever has this will wield power over yes. this this fucking badass warrior. And, it, it's and it's, fu- so you have this like fucking like 12 year old girl who's just like, I want you to do this now. Oh man. Stay here. We'll come back. And it's just like, he, but it's he's everything this brutal, that you would- like grunty. He's just, like, every time she talks, he's like, mm, but he does it anyway. Cause he has to, he has to, but it's everything a kid would do. If you fucking discovered a badass alien warrior, 
You you would you, yeah. like this is what I would do as a kid. Are you kidding me? You're gonna do whatever I fucking say. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna abuse this power because I'm a fucking kid. <laughs> right. You're like someone that is gonna like play ball whenever I want to yeah. play. Like, let's do this. Yes. Yeah. And uh, she, uh, Mimi, her brother Luke, uh, they take PG Psycho Gorman <laughs> in, and he becomes their fucking sidekick, the third amigo yep. to their fucking whole group. And again, he has to do whatever Mimi says because she has this fucking cosmic entity in her hand that she controls and wields him. Meanwhile, you've got bounty hunters from fucking Psycho Gorman's home planet trying to find him on planet Earth. And this 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 lady, her name is Pandora. This fucking this female Pandora, alien. Pandora, now I'm gonna say if you if you know anything about Power Rangers and you're as nerdy enough to know that it came from Super Sentai, you may also know something called Common Rider. Mm-hmm. And Pandora to me looks like she would be the main villain in a Common Rider because you're talking about like this uh, it's basically you literally get this great scene on another fucking planet or in the ship of them all like at a fancy sci-fi futuristic looking meeting table just watching shit on earth and like why the fuck do these kids have this guy and i fucking love that those scenes are some of my favorites they're when the you see best. the fucking ali- the other aliens kind of talking like what the fuck do we do right. it's and so they're good. all so different looking but pandora right. is so fucking cool and they send her down there to handle things right she looks like uh she looks like a combination of like goldar and like some of the other like fucking crazy ass villains that they yeah. had because you can't really see her face like her face is kind of concealed and shit with this like big elaborate fucking costume that they have on her so but it's it's fucking terrific like i absolutely yeah. love everything about this movie but it's 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 hilarious it's it's not it's not horrific in the sense like you'll have to cover your eyes like we were able to show my son, when he was like 13 or 14, this fucking movie, mm-hmm. and he's a giant chicken shit, and he fucking loved this movie. So <laughs> yeah. it's not horrific in the sense like you're going to see a lot of you know scary shit, but it is horror in the sense that there's it's Psycho Gorman. There, gore. There is gore, gore man. in this he's fucking... He's the gore man. Gore like, that's part is, of the name. There's an emphasis <laughs> on gore in this movie. Um, Literally, the like one of the first people that he can actually like gets to kill is like yeah. damn near just fucking exploded. Oh yeah, he eviscerates like yeah. the, the first people he comes across like after he like hatches yeah. on planet Earth is there's like this gang of guys who set up shop in this abandoned fucking yeah. warehouse and he just walks in and he like eviscerates them. Yeah, fucking absolutely. tears them limb from limb literally. But the gore in the movie is is laughable level to me. It's it's very over the top. Yes. It's very like it's not humanly it's like, possible. It's very it's it's out of this world. Yes. Because it's a fucking alien. Well, there's the the one kid that gets turned into a giant brain. I love it. Alistair. Yeah. Alistair's Alistair. my homeboy. Yeah. I love that kid. That he's fucking just, And uh, he never gets turned back. No, he gets he's like having dinner with his parents as a brain. Right. It's like a post eyeballs on There's it. a post credit scene where this fucking kid is like sitting there and he's still a brain. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. That's this one of those bonkers so things. Fucking it's perfect. Crazy. You can't fucking make this shit up. You really can't. I I love everything about Psycho Gorman. It is literally one of my favorite, most fun fucking movies. 
It is. It's so fun, the the relationship that you get with the kids, because you have this whole dynamic that the sister's kind of a bully to her brother. Right. Even though she's the younger sister, right. she he's the older brother, but she's the bully. Like, she's definitely the alpha in the situation. Yeah. No, literally, yes. though, because even, yeah. like, just the way that she kind of has control even over her dad, who's just you know, comes off as this deadbeat who's not worried about anything. Oh, I fucking He's, love the dad. There's a couple of lines with the mom where she's like, are you actually going to do anything today kind of stuff? It just seems like he's just like, oh, my yeah. hand is sprained. I can't do a right. lot. And he just keeps using this crutch, uh, this barely even hurt hand yeah. that he can't do anything. Um, but there's so many fucking good scenes with him because there's like contact from PG through this, you know, they're fucking out of world tech. You don't have to understand how it works, but his face just appears in front of the dad, like while he's on the shitter and it fucking terrifies him. But it's, it's, it's one, of, one of those fucking scenes in the comical movie. fucking scenes that you're like, they actually did that. I love it. I love it so much. That fucking scene is one of the highlights of the fucking movie. Cause yeah, he can, he can like cosmically communicate with people, right. like enter, enter their brain waves to where they see him materialize out of nowhere. And again, yeah, the dad played by Adam Brooks. If you know, he's been in a couple other horror mm-hmm. movies. We've got one called the editor yeah, that I can't wait to watch. Wild movie. Yeah. You've fucking not can't seen wait that. to see it. But Adam Brooks, great reputation in horror as well. Uh, but yeah, he fucking his the, his scene, like his acting in this movie, he deserves so much fucking credit because he really he brings the comedic element like fucking nobody can. Right. Yeah. If, if it weren't for him, I feel like the movie would lack a lot. Like he brings so much heart and comedy yes. to the movie. No, absolutely. Yeah. The the balance between these creatures and the humans, this yeah. family and the friends are fucking perfect. Because there's you know the, it's even to the point where like the dad gets roped in, like they're all trying to help PG. You know, he's, like, hurt and shit. Like, there's all these different creatures coming after him. Like, and again, the design's fucking amazing. There's, like, the creepy cackly witch one that there's, like, fighting in the woods. There's, like, one where it's, like, he's, like, a bucket. And he's um, got a face coming through the bucket or well, no, something. No, he, he's a giant, like, meat grinder. Meat grinder, right? Yeah. Bucket thing. And yeah. he's, like, grinding up body parts it's and so shit while wild. he moves. Yeah. It's, I don't understand and I don't... Like, I know you said something about doing DMT, but it's like, I'm sorry. I feel like no one can come up with some of these designs without some sort of fucking enhancement. There had to be some type of psychedelic influence, and I'm all for it. Yeah, they were like, what if the little boy that the girl likes gets turned into a brain? Yeah. And never changes back. Never back. Never changes back. He's just a fucking brain from now on. But you get this great, like you know, final showdown. And by the way, there's a fucking game that the kids come up with, with fucking bonkers rules that I can barely understand called crazy ball. Crazy ball. They actually make PG play. And of course he's like shit at it at first. And I say this in the most endearing way, but he sounds like a fucking like Jim bro meathead. Like, cause just the way he talks, like he's always kind of aggressive and like extra deep. And like the fact that they just have him in the backyard playing ball with kids. But there's this huge fucking showdown, like Pandora with her cool ass fucking white outfit. She's got the sword, yep. like fights the mom. No, the mo- they turn the mom into yes. a fucking alien. Yes, they yeah, turn the, the mom. They turn on the, the mom into like a fucking space warrior, like because she's like because they they literally pa- Pandora fucking finds the mom, turns her into a fucking space warrior, and then it's Pandora, the mom, and fucking somebody i forget fucking somebody else i feel like is there but they go against the dad mimi and luke Mm -hmm. in fucking crazy ball no it's pg mimi and the dad against luke pandora and the mom yeah i freaking i had to remember the alliances (laughs) because of course luke is bullied by mimi 
So yeah. of course he ta- he sides with everybody. But else. then there's this great like he's just yeah. like you know I just feel like you're a little hard on me sometimes. And then they're like besties. But then they sing a song. Right. Like <laughs> they sing a song <laughs> a because song. they have a band with PG. Like I know we keep saying some wild shit here, but this is all legit. This all yeah. I'm sure you guys are listening, and going okay, but wait, I'm, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. We're we're all over the place with this fucking movie, but you guys should know. Thirty episodes in, we don't go in order. No, we just talk about the shit we like it's and just, this movie is hard to fucking put into words but we're trying <laughs> <laughs> no i think that's uh that's kind of how we are like we just there's shit we want to talk about that we're like there's these scenes that you know when just we decide these movies us, we're yeah. like oh my god i can't wait to yeah. talk about this but it's it's crazy because you have this again the the costume design seeing all of the different um bus that they use because the the Mm. guy that plays psycho gorman there's actually two guys because there's the guy that plays him physically and then a voice Mm -hmm. um and i'm all about that kind of shit but just the like bus and stuff you can only imagine it's probably hours of makeup that these guys go through to have all these prosthetics and stuff put on them and you get these cool practical effects and yes you get the wobbly swords when they're fighting because they're cool props but that's what i mean like it really feels like if Power Rangers were like, let's make a horror movie, but instead of like having Power Rangers, it's just two kids that are good uh, with something that they shouldn't fucking have. Right. That wants to destroy the planet. The Power Rangers was, we need teenagers with attitude. Right. (laughs) So like, this is just fucking preteens with attitude. Like, that's all this is. This is just, it's it's a heavy gore Power Rangers vibe to me. So fucking good. Like, I I I know I keep saying that, but I, I. absolutely fell in love with this movie the first time it is, i watched it i didn't expect this movie to have as much heart as it does because it's such a heartfelt movie because pg all he wants to do is get the crystal away from mimi so he can destroy the planet like he just wants to destroy things yeah he doesn't give a fuck about anything but there's all these scenes where he's experiencing human things mm-hmm. and like becomes friends with them and right. you're just like, holy shit, but he still just wants to destroy shit. So they like they're like, Okay, you can like destroy that one city, but like you have to leave the planet alone. And he just gets to destroy a city. Yeah, it's like it's the happiest ending you could hope for right. with an alien warrior badass who just wants to fucking destroy worlds. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a perfect ending to me. Exactly. I, I love it. Like we don't get too many perfect endings in horror movies, but I I, I think this one really fits. I agree. <laughs> I do. It's fun. So the next movie we want to talk about, as we said, is Color Out of Space. Again, mm-hmm. another Shudder original. Go fucking sign up for Shudder. And guess what, you guys? Guess guess who you get in this movie? Oh, you know we had to talk about this one. Who is it? Nicholas, Nicholas motherfucking, motherfucking Cage. Cage. Not his legal middle name, but if he changed it to that, I wouldn't blame <laughs> him. Uh, but yes, it stars Nicholas Cage. Uh, Jolie Richardson also stars in it. Uh, Brendan Meyer, who we love from fucking uh, Haunting of Hill House. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a cool little cool little uh, child actor in this, and uh, Tommy Chong. So yes. for all of our potheads who are still listening, if you love your Cheech and Chong, you get some yep. Tommy Chong in this Tommy as well. Mm-hmm. But the first thing I want to start, by, I want to start by talking about the director of this movie actually, because there's actually a very interesting story behind this. It was directed by a guy named Richard Stanley. Uh, if you've heard that name before in uh, film. He directed a, a lot of films, but he retired after he directed a, a shit show called The Island of Dr. Moreau. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you read up on it, I mean, you can find it. There's so many stories about it. It was one of the worst fucking movie productions, not just by Richard Stanley's standpoint, but people involved with the movie, Val Kilmer, 
Marlon Brando, everybody fucking just has nothing but bad things to say about the experience of making The Island of Dr. Moreau. It was just an awful piece of shit movie. Mm -hmm. um, Richard Stanley retired after that because it was so stressful, because it was an awful experience, and swore he'd never direct again. Until they came, somebody came to him with the opportunity to direct something he always wanted to direct, which was a true, faithful H.P. Lovecraft adaptation. Yes. And he finally got the opportunity to do it with Color Out of Space. Mm -hmm. uh, with this short story, notorious H.P. Lovecraft short story from many years ago. Uh, but yeah, Richard Stanley was, uh, for all intents and purposes, fucking retired. Didn't want to come back. Didn't want to do any more film. But this yeah. was just too good to pass up for him. And what a comeback. Right. It's like, one I've of never the most... seen The Island of Dr. Monroe. I know a lot about it. Um, but yeah, I've just... I honestly, I didn't know his name much yeah. until yeah. we saw Color Out of Space. Right, it's a fascinating story, and I like. I mean, I I feel like we're not the smartest horror fans, but I love dropping little tidbits like that, so you can yeah. say you learned something. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Richard Stanley did an amazing job. This is probably one of the best cosmic horror movies that you will ever see. I would put it up there with another one of my favorites, In the Mouth of Madness. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, John Carpenter was probably the master of cosmic horror. You know, before oh, kind of, of these course. this new crop of directors that we're getting, and obviously yeah. some resurgence from people like Richard Stanley, but yeah, John Carpenter did the thing, like ultimate cosmic horror, Prince yeah. of Darkness, and the Mouth of Madness. His whole trilogy, uh, there, the his whole fucking apocalypse trilogy was just great cosmic horror when you mm -hmm. think about it. So yeah, uh, definitely you can see that Carpenter inspiration though with this. This is a fucking bananas ass movie. It is bananas, and it's very beautiful. Um, obviously with the name, it's a colorful movie there's it, a lot of beautiful purple light because that's yeah. what this thing emits yeah so and if you want to know what the color what the color out of yeah. space is it's fucking purple it's purple it's purple yeah even lovecraft when he wrote the fucking story they got he kept trying to say purple. it's indescribable but it's fucking purple it's purple it's purple so if you ever want to know it's fucking purple yeah uh but yes so if there's one thing i remember about this movie though that i have to fucking get out of the way it's fucking alpacas um, yeah, the alpacas <laughs> need justice, honestly. This is the scariest thing about any kind of weird invasion of any kind, is that when you don't just have to worry about you, but, like, everything on your, like, farm or land, yeah. um, you know, it's kind of like in Nope with the horses. Like, that's yes. the shit that I think of. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Lake Placid, she's, like, feeding the cows. To oh, my the God. Yeah, yeah. Betty White feeding the cows, people. <laughs> but, you know, like, with... Or to fucking gators. They have this beautiful fucking, like, away home. And there's alpacas. And, yeah, the alpacas, um, they don't end well. But they're a big part of the movie. Like, they keep getting out of the barn. And they're right. like, what the fuck's happening It's like Chekhov's here? alpaca. Like, you can yeah. keep showing the alpacas. <laughs> You know something's going to happen to the alpacas. It's like they, they just kept going back to yeah. them. And I remember thinking the like, whole movie. What I'm the like, fuck do I care fuck? about these? I don't give yeah. a shit about these alpacas until yeah. you give a shit about the alpacas. Exactly. It's fucking... Because you have a yeah. a strained relationship. The um, husband and wife are kind of re They're trying to rediscovering themselves. Yeah. Yep. Uh it's i think she had breast cancer if i remember yeah you don't correctly. get the vibe that anything necessarily bad happened between them but it's just it's been stressful things have been hard right like a said, lot like, yeah a lot for a woman to go through right, and a lot right. for a man to stand by and yeah. support her right in that. so you get the you get the vibe that there there there's a rift there of some yeah. kind but they're they're working on it they're working mm -hmm. on it. it's very it's very endearing in the beginning like it to is. see their relationship nicholas cage and julia richardson two fucking pros two of my favorites uh to watch 
I, I love used, it because yeah. yeah, you you can see that how much they like they love each other, but there is that strain yeah. and kind of apprehension that they have. Yeah. So they have to like chemistry veer together, off though, yeah. and be like, but the alpacas are out again. And then there's it's, like yeah, it's just fucking. They keep going back to these fucking alpacas. All of these other little random characters. Yep. Um, I was immediately hooked with. Like it goes to the scene of their daughter, mm-hmm. and she's. I was like, "Oh fuck yeah!" There's a witch because she's out she's practicing a witch. witchcraft, yeah. and she identifies as a Wiccan. Um, and she's out like kind of by the water in mm-hmm. this little pretty green grassy area doing witchy shit when a guy is trespassing on their land, and he's like out there testing water. Basically. Yes, he. His name is Ward. He's a hydrologist, which I didn't even know that was a fucking thing. And he's, sur- he's surveying. Yeah. One of my favorite details about Word, though, that I always have to fucking point out to people. Because, yes, I hate Lovecraft, but I love little... I love adaptations that just get it right. Like mm-hmm. So I'm really... This is this hits near and dear to me. Because Ward wears a shirt. This is Miskatonic University, which is this fucking college that is always referenced. Miskatonic is always referenced in all of Lovecraft's work. It's mm-hmm. always... It always comes back to Miskatonic University. Even fucking Reanimator. Like Dr. Yeah. Herbert West... He's uh, he either went to it's been a while since I've seen Reanimator, but he's either either went there or he worked there. He there's t- he has ties to Miskatonic. Mm-hmm. It's fucking amazing. I love those little details, and they don't ever say anything, but they have that shirt, right. and it's yeah. fucking it's awesome. It's awesome because that's one of those things. Like I wasn't versed enough to like I didn't catch that, and you were like, oh holy shit, yeah, and like yeah. you explained it I to me. I love it. I love it. So like the fact that there are those little things in this movie that mm-hmm. just. The little cherries on top, I guess. Well, in the uh, the there's a sheriff and a mayor that we see in because obviously the the color out of space it lands. It's it's something that just fucking lands and creates a crater in their backyard. Yeah, they these, think these, it's like a yeah. meteor at first. So we they, we have to get the sheriff and the mayor involved, and they are the mayor and they they work in a town called Arkham, which is another town that is constantly referenced throughout fucking uh, Lovecraft's work. So mm-hmm. it's again, it's like that's why like you can tell Richard Stanley was the right person to adapt this because he just he he has such a connection with the work like you can tell like reading lovecraft inspired him yeah for all his faults he inspired great people like richard stanley yeah and and to create something like this and this is uh, again just a a wild fucking cosmic ride of course yeah uh i think we we got to talk about the fucking most uncomfortable scene in the movie oh absolutely um there's a, a it, there's a fucking scene where as the color gets more powerful and grows in intensity, it it, it starts to it it starts to lure people to it. People to it. Yeah. One yeah, being because... little Benny, the son of of our of of Nicolas Cage and Julie Richardson characters mm-hmm. in the movie. So Benny is fucking drawn to it, and of course it's one of those scenes where they like you know they don't notice he's gone, and when they notice he's the the, the mom Teresa goes out there to fucking it's get like him. It's like a gauge moment, right? And she gets him, but not quick enough because what's happening is the fucking color takes over. It's like lightning striking. It, like, it is. It's like it's it, it almost grabs like hold it of them somehow. Things. Yeah, because well, and before this point, there the kid keeps saying that he's hearing something from the well. Like there's yeah. a few people who say this. Right. They're all there. There is something drawing them to the well. Yeah. I think the alpacas are drawn there. The daughter's drawn there. They're, I think the dog Nic- goes. Nicholas Cage's well. character is yeah. drawn there. It's like everybody gets keeps coming back to the well. Yeah, because this thing, it's it's making all these weird flowers grow and it's affected the water. So it's infected the family. Um, honestly, a very real and scary 
thing. Well, yeah, um, with what we're dealing with right now, right, especially. Of course. <laughs> and, you know, so it, it starts to, it, it makes me also kind of think of Annihilation where this thing lands and it starts to spread and grow. It kind of feels like it could just take over the whole planet. But you do, you have the boy who's like sitting there and he keeps like getting too close to the well. Mm-hmm. And you think he's going to go, and yeah, the mom grabs, but they get hit by this fucking lightning thing. And I'm glad that this is your, like, oh, fuck scene, because it's mine. Yep. But it it fuses them together. Fuses them. Fuses them. Fucking picture that. It fuses these two human beings together. And I don't together. mean, like, side by side. I nope. mean, like, you know when you're watching Malignant, and you get the reveal scene the of Gabriel, Gabriel is on her, is on on her, her back? Yeah. That's what the little boy is like yes. to the mom. He's yep. like part of attached to her back. His like arm is coming out through like the front of her. They have a combined shrieking, screaming fucking noise that they make that is just entirely uncomfortable. I hate it. It's, it's like eight different voices coming it out is. at it's, once. It's, it's, it's so. It's, it reminds me of Annihilation when the fucking that the bear starts doing the help me. See, yes, because yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say when we watch this movie. Um, it, it takes a minute for shit to really get rolling. And when it does, it really has you, yes, for sure. but this is one of those that I wasn't expecting it. I was like, Oh, it's not really done a whole, whole lot. It probably can't go. Oh my right. Jesus. It's, a, fucking it's Christ. a little bit of a slow burn at first, but yeah. you're right. Once it hits, it hits hard. Yeah. 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 Uh, because you know, as we were saying before, uh, basically the, the dad that's Nathan played by Nicholas Cage, mm-hmm. he decides to put all the alpacas down because mm-hmm. all this shit's happening to them. Um, and at this point you're aware of, you know, other family members and all these other things mm-hmm. going on. So yeah, the alpacas all just, I mean, honestly, they probably have the easiest way out of anyone in the movie. Yeah. Um, but he hides the sun mother fusion in the attic because sunlight hurts it. Right. Which it's, is fucking weird because fucking, obviously sunlight's out and it's not hurting it anything. It just adds a new fucking but, element to what, whatever the fuck this is like manipulating people's DNA and shit. Oh. You do have, I guess, whenever you think about it, it does mostly do stuff at night and it does come from mostly the bottom of the well. Exactly. So it's like definitely this underground fucking creature. Right. One thing I got to say before we move on too far is uh, I, I said it was Benny. Benny's the older son. Sorry, this is Jack. And I even read the wrong name of the actor earlier in my notes, so forgive me. Julian Hilliard is the actor that we like from Hill House who plays the youngest son, Jack. So forgive me for my faux pas earlier, everybody. But uh, I caught, uh, I'm caught my mistake. caught it because yeah, I just agreed the... blindly. I was like, you have it in the notes. You must be right. Yeah, yeah. It was my <laughs> fault. I was reading the wrong part of the notes. But Jack, played by Julian Hilliard, is the youngest son who gets yeah. fused to the mother, Teresa, played by Julie Richardson. And it is one of the most uncomfortable fucking scenes it's ever. It's terrifying. Yes, the alpaca, you're right. I think they probably have the get the most mercy shown to them by the color because it just... Yeah, it does yeah they start quick to go on. fucking yeah. crazy, but then he just kind of finishes it. Yeah. But of course... As this movie climaxes, things get fucking crazier and crazier. People are accidentally killing each other. He tries to, like, put his wife's son down but can't. And the whole time, this Wiccan daughter... Lavinia. Lavinia is just thriving like she's the smart one trying to figure shit out she is, she's trying to save Get everybody out, yep working with the hydrologist uh there's even the part where they go to see the squatter um and talk to him about the things in the area and the water it's the cast alone oh yeah oh yeah i agree it's it's fucking again nicholas cage julie richardson fucking tommy chong though plays ezra the squatter that we were yeah. talking about 
and his scenes are, are fucking delightful because uh, Ward, the hydrologist, has to fucking talk to him being mm-hmm. a squatter on the property and see, you know, what's going on with the water. Right. And uh, it, it's, it, yeah, his interactions are probably worth the re- price of admission alone. I fucking, I, I love Tommy Chong and he just adds another layer to it. Uh, the comedy, this is another one where it's not very comedic, but when it does have comedic moments, it's fucking great. Like when yeah. the color starts to take over Nathan, mm-hmm. Nicholas Cage's performance is fucking a blast. Yeah. He gets to he, go cage cage gonna cage <laughs> fucking hard. And he fucking does in this movie. Cause it's like the only way I can describe it is he's once it starts to take hold of him. He starts talking like a teenage girl. Almost. He's very snarky. He's very sarcastic. Yeah. He's, Whip, he's quipping at people and he's just he has this tone to his voice a lot like, of dramatic head shaking a lot of dramatic head shaking but that's cage yeah that's it cage is. but yeah he's, he sounds very he does he comes off very immature mm-hmm. as it starts to take hold of him so it's it's one of one of my favorite fucking nicholas cage performances too so yeah go fucking get shutter yeah because you can see psycho gorman color out of space and also fried berry you mean you can experience fried berry because it's <laughs> Not a movie that you watch. It's a movie yes. that happens to you. This is um, definitely a screen parental guide before you let any young one Don't get let near young this. ones. We're your parental no, no, guide. I Don't mean fucking like, let young ones watch this. This I mean is like, not for young rated eyes. Rated R even. I feel like, you know, like a 17-year-old, I'd be like, oh, this I is... don't know. Like, I'm just going gonna, gonna, I'm gonna to shoot it here Go right ahead. now. Throw it Quick out Quick shot. Childbirth, something going into the end of a penis, mm-hmm. copious amounts of drug consumption, a chainsaw fight, and abuse of multiple prostitutes and mm-hmm. pimps and homeless people. Yes. It's a fucking insane movie. Yeah, but that's it's just also, the tip of the iceberg. Uh, just, just the tip. Uh, but it's... Um, it's also it's cosmic because you have this who the fuck knows what but it is more along ufo abduction it, yeah it's it's more so like the sci-fi alien type yeah. cosmic horror but we still but, we don't know anything about these fucking aliens really like at the no. end of the day we don't know shit about these fucking aliens other than they that, want yeah. to experience what humanity yep. is like they're just trying to learn what our planet is yep. but yeah so the title fried berry we have a, a guy named barry played by gary green and this movie is directed amazing. by Ryan Kruger. And Ryan Kruger is actually uh, uh, he's he's a small filmmaker, and I've actually had the chance to kind of uh, shoot the shit with him on social media. Uh, really nice guy, great guy, amazing. great artist. Uh, have tons of respect and admiration for him Ryan and Kruger. Gary Green. Really were kick ass at interacting with people talking about this yeah. movie because uh, we actually this is another one we watched along with Joe Bob Briggs. So we were. Uh, when we were on Twitter, we would do the live tweets, and mm-hmm. there were a lot of like, "Oh my God, Ryan Kruger like my fucking comment moments." Yeah, because they were He's all just interacting. A cool dude. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, but also like, if you create something like that that you have that much passion into, and you see all these people watching it and tweeting about it and yeah. talking about it, like that'd be so fucking fun yeah. to interact with. Like, that's the shit I would want to do, no matter how big of a movie director I'd be. Well, and that's the thing with with Ryan Kruger is like I, I firmly believe he will be a big time, huge, amazing fucking filmmaker. Yeah. Like, I, I think the sky's the limit for this guy. So to know that we got to the chance to kind of interact with him and talk to him, shoot the shit with him a little bit, exchange messages and all that. Uh, it means a fucking lot, you yeah. know. He, you know, I, I think he's gonna be. He's one of those stars to watch, stars on the rise, whatever the fuck you want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I really do. I, I just can't wait to see what his career becomes. But yeah, Ryan Kruger, amazing director and writer on this fucking psychedelic trip that is Fried Berry. But yes, Fried Literally. Berry is played by Gary Green. And Barry is basically a drug addict who's a deadbeat fucking dad and husband. Yeah. And one day he goes out looking to score and he gets fucking abducted by aliens. <laughs> and that's like the first fucking 15 minutes of the yeah. movie. Literally, uh, and when he gets abducted, it's it it's fucking hard. Um, yeah. Uh, this is the thing entering end of penis. Yeah, because so, because he, he gets like it's almost like he gets uh he doesn't get a- anal probed he gets he gets penilely probed. It, yeah. So he, he, yeah, yeah, a lot of shit gets happens. He's like, he's kind of a specimen. Like you see him just kind of like laying there. He's a specimen. They're poking and prodding and doing shit to him, and part of it is this. Is this dick? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> I will say, as far as abductions go, this is probably, and I mean this in the most serious way, the prettiest abduction <laughs> that's also terrifying. Because the way that they yep. do, like, the lighting and just the cinematography and, like, the music that goes with it, mm-hmm. even though it's very scary, obviously, it's a very freaky fucking alien abduction. It's not like, you know, fire in the sky, like, freaky but there's something it's 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 probably to some people it's probably going to be as traumatizing as fire <laughs> in the sky just ah, on man. a different level because I'll tell you what man it's like you like I can't emphasize enough there is you'd see something yeah, you go s- into this man's dick you see I don't care I don't know how they they did this scene or what um but yes it's it's all there it's all there it's fucking insanity. And again, that's just the abduction. That's just the abduction. The rest of the movie is him fucking possessed so by me. an alien. So you get Barry who comes back down to uh, ground level. And the rest of the movie, he just looks like he is... His face is frozen in shock and awe and terror all at once because he's just got these wide eyes and the way he like moves is really weird and almost like stiff and awkward and you realize that the alien has possessed Barry's body and has come back down to earth so it can experience humanity so I guess you could say the alien was entering Barry through his dick is is kind of the the interpretation that I I think I got from it when I watched it. Yeah. And one thing I want to point out before we get too far talking about the movie is the location and the setting. Because this is a South African film. Ryan Kruger and a lot of the cast, including Gary Green, are from South Africa. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned a great detail uh, before we went on the air about how Gary Green doesn't have a lot of speaking parts in the movie. Yeah, it's mostly the staring off vacantly. Like, I don't... I'm, don't quote me 100% on this, but I want to say that he does not know, like, much English. So it I would kind believe of, that, yeah. It kind of <laughs> works with the role. Well, not that like, he can't, you know, I don't want to say that, like, oh, he can't. You've got to speak English. This is America. Because no. obviously it's not even fucking America. Right. But, yeah, it's it's something that's really cool that I love that he portrays so much with his facial expressions and his body movements, mm-hmm. you know, from being you know before the abduction and after Mm -hmm. that he can convey so much without saying any fucking thing the whole movie like he's only got like a line or two yeah and it's very very minimal well it reminds me of uh 
Bella Lugosi because Bella Lugosi couldn't speak English. Like he right. only learned English so he could learn a few lines in his movies. Mm-hmm. And obviously he did a lot of silent films. So yeah, Bella Lugosi didn't know a lot of fucking English, barely right. knew fucking English. So Gary Green doesn't know English. And I think his body language and his mannerisms mm-hmm. also very much remind me of Bella Lugosi. And I want to say uh, Gary Green was a stunt performer before this movie. Like Ryan Kruger used him on some stunts for some small short films or some some like uh, other work that he had done. But yeah, Gary Green again not not known for his speaking roles. He is no. just this very stoic, intimidating presence that oh, you man. see in his the fucking look, movie. Dude, his his look is everything. But it's his look. Like that's the fucking thing. That's just how Gary Green looks. Like Gary Green. Obviously, they did some makeup on him right. and stuff to like make him a little bit yeah. more like you know run down, especially as the movie goes on and the abduction is weighing on him and his, his body. But yeah, Gary Green is just a very unique, sharp-featured individual, kind of yeah. like Doug Jones. I would yeah. compare like Doug Jones, Javier Potet, a lot of those say, performers yeah. we like. Just very sharp features. Uh, and he does an amazing job. Like like we talked about the abduction, and it just goes off the rails from there. Like the, the thing I remember like right after that is he goes into a club, and he does some fucking drugs, and no, 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 not just some fucking drugs. <laughs> Listen, this is whenever, like, if the abduction scene wasn't enough, I knew shit was going down here because someone, like, offers him drugs and it's like, you know, a bag of pills looks like ecstasy or something. And yeah. he takes the bag and dumps the whole fucking thing in his mouth because he's an alien and doesn't know. A- yeah, right. So then he's just like, he goes on a fucking mega trip. But also in this club while fucking fast, loud music is going and you see like and the everyone's way it's filmed, rubbing on each other filmed is so brilliant. It's like one of those club scenes from the movies that you see. It reminds me. No, it reminds me of the fucking scene from Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> yeah. Where he's like fucking at the party and he starts seeing like demons and shit. Like oh, fucking yeah. Barry doesn't see demons and shit, but it's like the way it's filmed, the frantic pace and shit just reminds me of that. So I just I fucking. I, I just like that's well, that what it made me think. You still have of. him like all like stiff and wide eyed, like, shit. Yeah. and he's just out of his fucking mind. Because mind you, before he gets abducted, I think he he does heroin, mm-hmm. so he's already high. Yeah. on something when yeah. he gets abducted, and then he takes a bag load of fucking god knows what pills, and it it spirals. There's a lot of uh sexual shit in this movie. Um, there's a guy that tries to give him a blowy in the bathroom right. and his face gets mangled because I don't know how, <laughs> because the thing went through his dick. That's all I can say. Yeah. But, and then he, there's a scene where it just is absolutely fucking bonkers. If you thought the male birth scene in men was something, this is another dude. This the fucking birth scene in this movie is, he, is just unfucking real. I, I, it is, it is easily, one of my top five most shocking scenes in any fucking film. It is, and it's it's bizarre because it's not much different than just a woman giving birth, but it's just the circumstances because the rapidness, the, the rapidness, the, the, the speed, yes. and that's why I mentioned at, at which men. this happens. That's why I mentioned men because that scene, it just like they grow and like you see their bellies get big and then they give birth, right? But Barry hooks up with a prostitute. And she because he's an alien doesn't fucking know what's going no, on. No, he's he, just out there. He just he's enjoying takes part humanity. In the rituals of it's, humans. It's literally whatever may grab him or get his attention next or whatever he wanders into. Right. He just experiences. He, he's and just so, he's just going through the human experience. Right. That's really, all this fucking creature is doing. Exactly. So it's literally just he's there. He hooks up with a prostitute, but she immediately is pregnant. And it like starts nine to grow. months fucking pregnant. Like 
No, no, no. That's the thing, though, is, like, they're done. Like, they've had sex. And then, like, she just starts to feel uncomfortable. And then you just see her fucking stomach grow. And literally in the matter of a minute, she goes from having a child conceived to going through nine months of pregnancy growth to having a fucking baby while the pimp walks into the room. Like everybody's there for it and she just has a baby and fried berry or berry leaves yeah because the alien just doesn't know what the fuck's going on so he's like well that's fucking weird okay and then just walks out and that's it yeah that's the fucking scene that's the fucking scene so again i don't know what kind of aliens these are (laughs) there's so much that i would love to know um, cause that's terrifying. This might be one of those movies though, where it's better left unexplained. Like not that Ryan Kruger probably couldn't come up with a great fucking right. explanation, but it's one of those ones where I feel like if you explain too much, you're going to lose <laughs> the fucking mystique of watching a woman give, go through nine months of birth in less than a minute. Yeah. It's fucking I... insane. Fucking in pure insanity. But the movie, like, it, it, again, it, there's, there's, there's fucking more that goes off the rails. Like, he ends up, like, obviously, he's a deadbeat husband and father, he, and, and he ends up, you know, back home somehow with his uh, wife and his kid. Yeah, she and, just, like, finds him roaming. Right, like, she the, finds him roaming the grocery and store and brings him home. And, right. But and there's even talk. a scene. There's even a scene where they're in the grocery store together, just going through normal shopping, and he's still got this fucking alien inside of him. Yeah, he's still like fucking. He's just he's going just through like, grocery shopping, wigging out, just like getting drugged through a grocery store. And the thing that I love that also helps with the dynamic that he doesn't say anything, especially when he's possessed by alien, is the wife Sue's mm-hmm. Sue's. Mm-hmm. She talks so fucking much. Like, she just keeps going. Right. And it's like, like they make a great pairing because yes. he's, you, he clearly doesn't talk much and she talks a lot. And she thinks that's a little weird, but at the same time, you can tell, like, he probably didn't talk much before. Right. And so it's it's not weird enough, but, like, he was a drug He was a drug addict, yeah. so you got to imagine he was probably, like, tweaking out a lot of times, just kind of kept to himself. Right. Like, that's kind of just, like... do shit till he'd pass right. out and, like, that's it. And yeah. it's... He, he probably it's exhibited really... a lot of those typical drug addict fucking characteristics unfortunately it's one of those movies we were kind of talking about this before that he is really shitty and you know drug use aside because i know drug use is very it's on a very large spectrum and i don't want to say you're shit for doing any kind of drug no but he is a very fucked up person. And right. He no, no, no. But yeah. Like, he's a heroin family. addict. I guess I should right. specify. He's not just yeah. a drug addict. He's a yeah. heroin addict. And he is really shitty. But the thing that's fascinating is through the whole movie, it's still his body. He's still witnessing what's mm-hmm. going on. Like that's implied. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always kind of wonder with everything that he sees and does, like how he changes because towards the end of the movie, and we'll get to that, he does not die, no matter all the shit that he goes through. No. Because it's literally, he's he's back with his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tries to take him to the hospital. He, like, ducks out of the fucking car, does fucking, like, meth or coke or something on the side of the fucking street with a couple of guys. So there's even As more one drugs. does. It just, I mean, and this is all in a night. So, like, yeah. all of this stuff is just going into a system. And then you get the weirdest part of the movie where he That's gets, the this is the weirdest part he, of the movie to you? Yeah, he gets picked up by a guy who calls himself Daddy and he throws him in a cage that has children in it mm-hmm. and like a young girl who's like 
kind of obviously she's a little more out there, like maybe the protector of these other younger children. Um, she's the Malachi. Very scary implications there of potential child sex oh, yeah. trafficking. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a lot of heavy implications um, with uh, fucking daddy. And I will say, you don't ever see anything like that. No, no, they don't. Um, they don't. But it's, it's, it's all It's all just implied. I would say pretty much... Uh, besides the abduction, everything that happens in this movie is consensual. 100%, um, yes. There's nothing that you see that's assaulting of any way. Right. There are obviously, some, there an abduction some, is going yeah. to be <laughs> an invasion no matter how you do it. There's some shit that is visually hard to fucking watch, but yeah. theme, thematically, it, it's actually kind of a silly, just kind of fucking... It's fucking bonkers. It's a silly cosmic uh, sci-fi crazy movie. But they basically... Uh, he helps these kids escape and then chainsaw fights daddy, kills him with the chainsaw, but the cops get there. So they arrest Barry for having all of these children. Mm -hmm. And before this happens, though, there is another really great scene where there's a guy who has a heart attack Mm -hmm. on the sidewalk Mm -hmm. and Barry just walks up and fucking heals him. So you realize that the alien is just like, oh, I can fix things right i want to right you get little inklings of what the aliens are capable of throughout the movie and it's yeah it's they don't they don't show their hand much but man when they do it's fucking it's fucking impressive yeah it's bizarre too because you know you see the way it kind of gains some empathy uh with that scene and obviously like this alien could do so much for our planet like that's one of those things that's Mm -hmm. almost scary like if people were to know they wouldn't let them leave and they'd just be like heal our people yeah well like yeah like et you know they want to capture and study and all that shit yeah which i i still say this is et on heroin it is yeah honestly this movie's fucking et on heroin yeah no reese's pieces here no no just heroin but yeah he (laughs) he gets away from daddy and then he ends up back with the prostitute that he had sex with in the beginning and she takes him home and the baby she had is now a full grown man that looks like a clone of Barry. It's a, it's a clone. Yeah. Uh, but it still acts like a toddler. Right. So it's like this giant man child. Yeah. It's fucking disturbing. Yeah. I think my, one of my favorite scenes that I love, I got to talk about in this movie is the, uh, when he ends up in the fucking mental hospital. Yeah, and, oh yeah, there's a mental hospital, Yeah, he guys. ends up in a mental hospital, <laughs> and he and the other fucking patients stage a an escape. Yeah. And he and one of the other patients end up in a fucking car cruising down the road, mm-hmm. and it's like very Pulp Fiction, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, just like these two fucking whacked out dudes oh, driving yeah. down the road. One's an alien. One's an alien. One's, one's a legitimate like mental fucking absolutely patient. Absolutely bonkers, oh, and yeah. they're just like... You know, it feels like having, like, the Joker and Scarecrow out in oh, Arkham a, Right, right. Yeah, it's a great comparison. Yeah, it feels like those guys for sure. Uh, and then, yeah, like, there's, there's all this basically culminates in uh, the alien has to fucking return home. Yeah, but it's not it doing so hot in yeah, its human Yeah, body. it's like Gary essentially, like, I don't know if they come out and say it, but Gary essentially dies. Yeah. Like, Gary dies. Gary, like, Gary, like, the fucking... Barry dies? Barry, sorry, not Gary. <laughs> Barry Sorry, he's Gary Green playing Barry. But yeah. Barry dies. Like, his right. body fucking physically dies. Yeah. But the alien has to get home. So it basically carries Gary, Barry's fucking lifeless corpse. <laughs> Gary Barry. Gary Barry. <laughs> it carries Barry's fucking lifeless corpse. No, it fucking... It just brings him back. Right. To well, life. no, like, but it, to get to the fucking yeah. ship. Yeah. And it fucking... It, it, you know, it fucking... It is able to get... It, and it sends Barry back. Right. You're right. It, and, and then fucking you're just... But you're like... So it's like this guy just got fucking abducted and taken over by an alien, did all sorts of fucking drugs and sex and 
crazy shit. And fights and like and fights. freeing children right. and, and mental patients. helping mental patients escape. How the fuck does he rationalize all of this? And that's why I say I would love to know what kind of man Barry became. Because the really cool thing that I like that about the ending is, you know, they, they want to get him back to this abduction site so the alien can get home. Mm-hmm. And it's the prostitute who's been, she's kind of sweet on him. And because, like, he helped her earlier, even though, like, <laughs> she she's had a... His, she's got his clone got baby. His, his clone baby. And then the wife, who still loves him, no matter how much bullshit oh, he put he her is, through. Yeah. And they're just, like, they're just, like, casually walking away, talking about, oh, how do you know Barry? And then he just drops back out of the fucking ship and stands up. So it's like the alien healed his body, obviously, from whatever the fuck happened. And right. it kind of makes you wonder, like, is he going to be, like clean now like his addiction is gone like he's not gonna feel the urge to do that anymore like what happened to his fucking fucking body next level bender i mean it should be out of his system after that uh you know it's it's funny with the ending i i i wonder too where does he go what is that what does this have but i do love does he live in a thruple with a man baby and his other child could be but it, it makes me wonder you know, it's like we don't know a lot about the aliens, but they do seem very, male- you know, not malevolent, what's the word? Benevolent. Benevolent. <laughs> sort of. They seem very benevolent in the sense that they were willing to send him back and basically right. give him a second chance. They, like, just they were grateful. See humanity. They were grateful for him as a vessel. And it's really cool. Like, like you mm-hmm. never see that. Like, it's always like the aliens are just here to take us over and kill us. It's like, no, right. they, 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 they were grateful for their host, for their vessel that Barry provided them. And they return that fucking favor. It's like a, it's a really cool fucking ending when you think about it. It is because yeah. most abduction movies, you don't have that. You have horrible abduction scenes, right. Where people die, and trauma, right? And fucking fire in the sky. You oh know yeah, what we talked about yeah. Exactly. It, it, that scene, holy fuck! Oh, that one I mean, of the that best abduction movies up. ever. The, one of the best. The fucking needle towards the eye and the mouth open with the weird yeah. fucking fleshy. Yeah, fl- oh shit. yeah, the fleshy shit. Oh, I just God. I can't handle that fucking oh, abduction scene. And you know we've talked about it before. Like we grew up watching X Files and shit. Yep. Like all of that stuff. It's so scary. And even though you never fully see or understand how big they are, yep. what they may look like. Uh, you know that they enter through a penis and they heal things and apparently are really um, can do a lot of drugs. Cause it's like, I kind of wonder if it's the alien being in him for so long that's starting to fuck him up or is it everything the else that they've done? And... Because it's been just he doesn't really sleep either. No, there's like, he literally, he's like, it seems like he's falling apart. Like there's the guy who's, on the street that needs help and he like hands him headphones and Mm -hmm. it's like that's not gonna help him like he's out of it like it's almost like everything's shutting down like he can't understand yeah and then he has that moment i think he smokes something with the homeless guy and Mm -hmm. then he's just like reinvigorated but yeah it's almost like the alien starts to think the drugs are like a form of fuel for for barry's body which they kind of are they kind of yeah they kind of keep him going they are gonna they're stimulants sleeping and things Yeah. yeah it's it's a bonkers movie that I love. I would love to hear more people's opinions on. I feel like it's one of those compared to the others that are a bit more straightforward. There's a lot more that you can kind of speculate and think about like what happens to Barry and where is he living now? Yeah. I I love thinking about that shit. 
Guys, this has been an amazing episode. Uh, I think it's a great note to end season one on. And uh, yeah, if you watch any of these movies or any of the other movies that we've talked about on the show in our 30 plus episodes, fucking let us know. Mm -hmm. Email us. Hit us up on social media while we're on break. And uh, yeah, like I said, we'll be back on April 1st. Please let us know if you watch any of these because I, I really want to know if we've introduced you to any new movies. Me too. I want to know new movies that we need to watch. Again, we're going to have some time off coming up here. So yeah. fucking send us anything that you want to send us. Let us know what we should be watching. Uh, obviously, with some of these TikTok recommendations, we definitely have some great stuff to keep us busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we look forward to seeing you here in a few weeks at the beginning of April. Uh, until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. Whole Jerry Springer thing. Yep. Uh, <laughs> go back and listen to the old episodes. Go check us out on social yeah. media. Go follow us. Go do all that shit. I say, there's still going to be plenty of shit out there to listen to. You can play catch up. Yeah. And we've got, we'll be coming back with good news, but, um, as they did quote bodies, 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 a podcast is hard work. It is really fucking and, hard work. And uh, so there is a lot of things that we want to kind of, you know, get organized on our back yeah. end here and keep giving you guys better and better quantities of goodies and all sorts of awesome content. Yeah. So. We like, you know, we talk about it at the beginning of every episode is leave us a review because it helps us grow and evolve. Yeah. Well, we, part of that is, you know, the evolving thing. Yeah. So, you know, we do plan on, it's like, we're not going to change too much. We're not going to tweak too much, but no. yeah, we want to go through and just kind of see where we can kind of improve. And it is, this is a, this is a, a two person show right now. We don't have a whole crew of people that can help us while we do the show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're just going to take some time away for, you know, a little over a month here and we're going to fucking get our ducks in a row. When we come yep. back, we're going to be bad, bigger, badder, better than ever. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, guys, thank you again for this great season one. We'll see you next season, season two. Season two. And uh, without further ado, we will leave you with this. I do not care for hunky boys. Or do I? Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop every weekend. Follow us on TikTok at Pod and send emails to HorrorzoidPod at gmail.com with your thoughts, questions, and stories for us to read on a future episode. To all our Zoids out there, stay scary.